The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from The Other Side of Midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary... Based on well-verified references fed through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. Clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Good evening and welcome to the other side of the news. We find ourselves together on yet another Friday night and it's our 62nd show. And tonight's show is Swistica. Our special guest is Lewis Ams. And so... We go through another week and come to you, and many, many things have happened. I want to talk about a few of the things that I thought were really notable this week. I have a memorandum here, allegedly from the Imperial College of London. I do not have a way, honestly, to verify this since it was private and confidential. However, if it is indeed leaked out, then it's pretty disturbing. It's talking about finalizing the next steps of the process is part two of the plan, and I'm just skipping through it. I will post this in my items. And it is talking about moving towards a permanent lockdown of the country. This is for the UK. As we know, something that happens in one country happens eventually in all. They're looking at this, and they're talking about the rebranding of the new variants of the virus, which we know is just a rebranding of hay fever. Now, that was interesting because last week I was looking at an article, and they said that they symptoms had changed and that they were now about itchy, watery eyes and uh, runny nose, and that was the symptoms of COVID. And that sure sounds like hay fever to me. This thing may not be too far off. I'm wondering about this seriously. It goes on to say that the virus has already been very profitable and fruitful, of course, for them. There's no limit to which we cannot further profit in both financial and reputational terms. Depends on what kind of reputation you're going for, of course. You know, <laughs> it has a, uh, they were talking about their different techniques of how to get people convinced. And they talk about the utter cooperation from both the government and media. And this is with the use of the line, it is just too risky to go ahead with summer. That's going to be their, their little line that they're going to put out. So let's watch this. And we can model other increases of these variants in line with, for example, they could say that it's from protests, anti-lockdown protests. This would be great, great one to push in light of the recent events. I'm reading this straight off this memorandum. The Euro 2021 football matches in England and Scotland and uh, where populations swell during the summer months. For example, seaside resorts, theme parks, countryside, and tourist traps. It goes on to say the variants are going to be multiple and could well completely crash the NHS, that's the National Health Services, for those of you that are not from the UK, if not correctly dealt with immediately. 
And then the public should be compliant, and the compliance and unquestionable nature of the masses will be crucial to getting us across to the final plan. Now, it goes on beyond that. I have unreadable versions of it, but that's the front page. That's enough to know. That's very serious. Like I said, this is allegedly from there. It's not up on their website because it was listed as private and confidential, but I will post it and you can see who it was written to, et cetera. And let's see if we start seeing any of this. I've already seen the hay fever part, the symptoms. They suddenly changed the symptoms of COVID-19. And I've already heard some of their lines that it's just too risky to go ahead with summer. That doesn't look very good. So we also have some really interesting stuff going on. And I, I want to read one quote to you that kind of puts it in place. This is from Thomas Jefferson. He writes, single acts of tyranny may be ascribed to the accidental opinion of a day, but a series of oppressions begun at a distinguished period and pursued unalterably through every change of ministers to plainly prove a deliberate and systematical plan of reducing us to slavery. And I really believe that's totally what we're seeing. We're seeing a multi-generational plan. We're now becoming aware. They've been telling us about this and publishing things and having meetings. And we've kind of been asleep at the wheel. So now we see this. And this is definitely a distinguished period of time. And it's been pursuing, they've been pursuing it unalterably. So we need to wake up and take action. To that, I have a couple positive things. So this is very interesting and I'm also going to put this up. There was a letter uh, put out by the Office of the Attorney General in the state of Arizona this week. And he writes it to the U.S. Attorney General, Merrick Garland. And this is from Mark Bronovich. He said, I'm not going to read you the whole letter, but I'm just going to read a few highlights out of it. Last week, he made uh, troubling comments about the ongoing efforts in states to ensure election integrity. Your statements displayed an alarming disdain for state sovereignty as defined under the 10th Amendment of the United States Constitution and the election provisions in Article 1 and 2. And then it says, I love this line, my office is not amused by the Department of Justice's posturing and will not tolerate any effort to undermine or interfere with our state Senate audit to reassure Arizonians of the accuracy of the election. We stand ready to defend federalism and state sovereignty against any partisan attacks or any federal overreach. Now, if you've been listening to our show for any length of time, I've talked about this many times that the people give some power to the state for governing them, and then we give it to the county and then give it to the state, and then we give that little piece to the federal, which means they have the smallest sliver of the pie. That pie gets divided every time. So this paragraph puts it into perspective. He says, it is important to remember that States created the federal government, not the other way around. America's founders intentionally restrained the federal government's constitutional boundaries to ensure each state could flourish in unique ways. Today, our federal government has largely forgotten the founders' intent, but my office has not. He goes on to say, there are no issues more important for states to prioritize than the integrity of our elections. Uh, today, we see mistrust in our elections from Americans from all sides of the political spectrum. This should not be a partisan issue. Uh, I'm, I'm skipping quite a, quite a few lines. And then at the end, he closes, my office looks for ways to work alongside the federal government to uphold our laws within the constraints of the 10th Amendment 
and the election provisions in Articles 1 and 2. Arizona will not sit back and let the Biden administration abuse its authority, refuse to uphold laws, or attempt to commandeer our state's sovereignty. That's the close of the letter. That's a pretty powerful letter, and that's pretty exciting. That goes right along. I'm going to read you one little thing here out of the Declaration of Independence. It says, we should all know this, but I'm going to read it. When a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invents a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. That's straight out of our Declaration of Independence. So most certainly we need to put our federal government into place. There are only 18 enumerated functions that the federal government is to have. And clearly they do more than 18 things. So we need to be dealing with that. And actually this whole situation that we have going on is waking people up, which I think is a great thing. Along those lines, speaking of waking up, we had really something quite spectacular happen this week. And that is that in Nevada, two counties declared themselves constitutional counties. And you may be saying, hmm, what's a constitutional county? I did myself. It was Lander and Elko County. And what they did was uh, their elected commissioners in two Nevada counties declared the Bill of Rights would be upheld in their jurisdictions, even if it means standing against the unconstitutional acts by state and federal authorities. Now, we really shouldn't have to be doing this, but that's how far of an overreach we've had by the, the rulers. These are people who are not leaders and oftentimes not elected that are really ruling like monarchs over their constituents of their state and, of course, the federal. It goes on to say the abuse of constitutionally protected rights of citizens of Elko and Lander counties will be dealt with as criminal activity. Indeed, it should be. Under the leadership of constitutionally-minded sheriffs and elected commissioners that have decided to become constitutional counties, whereas rights of citizens will be protected from all attacks. That means local authorities intend to uphold the entire Bill of Rights in those jurisdictions, and that even federal and state officials must comply with the U.S. Constitution where there they said. To close this out, Sheriff Mack, Many of you have heard about Sheriff Mack. If not, look up some of this stuff online. Great guy. He's a retired sheriff. He's been talking about the Constitution for a long time and teaching people. He says, the people of these counties and their elected officials have had it up to here with unconstitutional dictates and mandates. Under the measure, county officials, including sheriff's deputies, are strictly bound by their oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution and protect the rights of its constituents even if that means defying what they view as unconstitutional orders, mandates, decrees, or statutes from the state or federal authorities. So this is fantastic. This is fantastic news, really a big deal. People are waking up and taking back their power. The counties actually have more power than any of the rest of it. Like I said, that's how they derive their power. The people give the power to the counties, the counties give to the state, and the state gives the federal government. That means the amount of power should be from the bottom up. It is not from the top down. And don't let them convince you otherwise. It's not the case. That was a kind of what was happening this week with those things. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some research I did with 
uh, Anthony Fauci. As we all know, or should know, that there are a lot of emails released. His personal emails were released this week, and they are very damning, no matter what the mainstream media would like you to believe. If you actually read the emails, there's no question. He was very aware of what was going on. He is a stakeholder in the virus and the vaccines and patents and you know this goes on and on and on this is a really interesting story which i can't tell you the whole thing but as i started to look into anthony fauci it got even more interesting especially with what we're going to be covering tonight with switzerland what i found was that he comes from a family and the family is the abyss family that's his mother's maiden name and the abyss family if a family had a mm, let's say a a slogan, their slogan would be, they kill effectively and efficiently. I'm not joking about this. It's to the point that their family crest actually, and I'm putting this in the show items, their family crest does have serpents on it eating babies. The babies are half consumed, sticking out of the serpent's mouth. Now, this is really interesting. This gets into a lot of symbolism, and I'm, we're hoping to talk to our guests tonight about this. You have to ask yourself, why do we have serpents all over everything having to do with medical stuff? Why is it that the World Health Organization, why is it that physicians, even veterinarians, by the way, all of it with this symbolism? And so hopefully we'll get into that. When I started to look into this, I also found the connection to Klaus Anal Schwab. I know his name's not really that, but that's what Timothy calls him, and he's right. And he comes from the Escher Weiss family, the Eschers and the Weisses. And their whole thing is about banking and fleecing people with the, uh, the financial system. They also deal in uranium and top military projects. And as, as we go along here, you'll see the connection that their, their little logo for their family or their little trademark phrase would be uh, financial manipulation. So these families actually go back into bloodlines, and they're, it's very disturbing, but it's very interesting. This goes back, way back, and it turns out that as I was looking around and researching a little bit, I found a very interesting uh, podcast, and I'm posting that. If you're interested in this, it's certainly worth your time. It's one hour long. The guys go into great detail about all this. A lot of this came from directly from that podcast. There's much more than I can cover here. If you have interest in that, please listen to that. Turns out his family started out in Plurth, Italy, and they had a talc mine there, and they were mining this mountain, and they did it very unsafely. And they were basically using and abusing the local people to mine this talc. Turns out it's used in all kinds of pharmaceutical medications. You got to kind of ask about that, when actually the real original use of it is it's a, it's a dry lubricant. So it can be used to lubricate things with a, a dry lubricant. I don't want to get too far into talcum powder except to say that this family somehow disappeared. They moved on right before this gigantic avalanche completely buried the people of Pyrrhus, Italy in 1618. They knew that it was coming. They actually cleared out. They knew it was coming because the mountain, like many mountains that are getting ready to collapse, had started to rumble and shake and, you know, it became destabilized. And they got they got out of Dodge and they went over to Kyrgyzstan 
I got into mining there and there's, that's a very, very rich area. And again, in this podcast, they go into detail about that. It's, it's fascinating. Uh, they do have uranium, lots of gold mines, lots of gold mines that have never been tapped. Fascinating. Uh, they talk about that in this podcast too. They move over there, that family abyss. And I don't think that's a mistake on that name either. And then they eventually find their way to Switzerland and that's where they come from as far as modern history goes. All along the way, if you look at their family history, they've killed and slaughtered everyone around them, and they definitely are part of the original 13 bloodline. It's not a mistake that this guy is the number one promoter, peddler of vaccines to the world. This isn't his first rodeo. Many of you know from your research and study that he had a long history with other epidemics or Pandemics, I hate to use that word since they changed the definition to make it fit for this one. It's not a pandemic by any definition, just like this jab is not a vaccine. If you look up what that is, it doesn't fit. But they just change words to make them work for them. They do that with lots and lots of stuff. You'll find that out. He's the number one vaccine peddler to the world. And it's interesting because he has this great, great uncle Ragged Abyss, who ends up being the commissioner of war for Switzerland. And he sets up all of these companies that you know today, including uh, Swiss Bank, and sets all these things into play and has a lot to do with how the government is set up and how the government is, let's say, their marketing of Switzerland as a very neutral ground, a criminal free zone. It's a criminal free zone. Like, in other words, it's not free of criminals, but criminals can get away with everything there. But they say that they're neutral. They are never involved in wars. Really? Well, that's because the cabal all has their base there, their vaults under the mountains full of gold, etc. They're the world's largest producer of gold, yet there's not a single gold mine in Switzerland. And they also are the source of all the bombs around the world. In other words, they, they foment all the wars. They finance all the wars. I'm not saying this about the people of Switzerland. I'm saying this is a hidden hand or the shadow government or same thing we have in every country right now around the world. But these are all really interesting parts of this. Now we have this Fauci, which I call Dr. Fraudji. And you know, the show at all, you know, that's what I call him. Let's go back to his real name, Fraudji. He's got this serpent eating children, this emphasize on their family crest. And you look at that and you start to look at the symbolism and, the, and he is, his uncle's the commissioner of war. That's his great, great grandfather's brother. They were warmongers. And now we've got nanoparticulates having warfare in our bodies, eating our bloodstream. This starts to, if you get deeper into looking at all their symbolism and what they've done, if you actually read the emails and you start to pin this together. We've been talking about this connection for 15 months now, actually. Tonight, hopefully, we will get deeply into a few of these things. There's all kinds of other interesting things with Switzerland. There's the CERN, which is a deeply troubled place. Uh, the Zug Switzerland being kind of the home base for the cabal. There's the Goddard Tunnel. There's a lot of things going on in Switzerland. I'm very much, very much looking forward to speaking with our guest, Louis Arams, tonight. Fascinating to talk to. And so with that, I'm going to close up and 
see what's happening out there with my co-host, uh, both Timothy and Cynthia. I know they'll have something to say. So what do you say? Well, for me, the most interesting thing is the long-awaited cessation to the lockdown in the UK has been delayed, surprise, surprise, by another four weeks or so. A lot of people are disappointed. And uh, I have to say it's, it's no big surprise to, to myself just because there's a little fact like the government have already paid a certain amount of funding to market the continuation of this campaign, the lockdown campaign, uh, well beyond the end of the, uh, the lockdown itself. So what would all those people be doing with the marketing money and nothing to spend it on? So, of course, it's been delayed. Of course, this is the plan. How about you? How's it going in California? Well, uh, we have supposedly come to the end of our lockdown as of Tuesday, the 15th. And we're all happy about that. But our uh, dictator, our chief dictator here, he was so magnanimous. He just said, we're going to lift this, but we can reimpose it anytime or if anything changes or whatever. So it's like, well, what do you mean? It was all made up in the first place, so how can it change from made up? Supposedly, we finally, after 15 months and two days of nonstop lockdown, we have had those restrictions lifted. However, I will say, walking around, I just was out on the street minutes ago, and everyone's running off the sidewalk because I don't have a mask on, which I never have, and they still are acting exactly the same as before. So that's what's happening here. I was just going to say, how is life in California? I mean, after this lockdown, presumably, you know, COVID has disappeared to uh, a minuscule dot and everybody is uh, alive and healthy. How is life after this amazing therapeutical lockdown? Nobody knows COVID has ended. Everyone's still wearing masks. Even pregnant mothers are wearing masks and mothers with young children are wearing masks. That's very distressing. Yeah, it's like, There hasn't been any noticeable change. I go into the store, I'm the only one without a mask, and all the shoppers are wearing masks. All the employees are wearing masks. It's very odd. Very odd. I don't think it's too terribly odd. I think it's uh, total brainwashing is what we're looking at, and I don't know what it will take to bring people around. There's so much evidence that this is a hoax, that it was made up, and they still aren't getting it. So I'm, I'm not sure. Hopefully... They will wake up. That's what, I, what I'm hoping for. Well, I'd like to point out something that's been a mystery here. Here in the Bay Area, there has been consistently for months now the sound of fireworks. And every night I go out late at night, it's like 9, 10 o'clock. I'm asking friends who live, you know, 15, 10 minutes away. They hear it as well. Some kind of fireworks, but I don't see anything in the sky. It's very odd. And I'm thinking it's not July. It's It's happening in the middle of May. Now it's happening in the middle of June. Can't figure it out. And just yesterday, or was it this morning, Annetta showed me a post that totally made sense. Suddenly it made sense. And this guy was saying that there are covert military operations going on. Now we've been hearing about the bombing of the dumps the underground tunnels, the deep underground tunnels. And now it makes sense because 
honestly, if you were here, you'd think there were fireworks, this continuous boom, boom, boom. And you go out, the sky's clear, there's nothing going on. What is that? If, in fact, they are taking out these dumps, then that would explain it. The uh, person who went on to report this said that he had posted this, uh, was it in Twitter somewhere? And he received reports from across the country in many different states that they were also hearing these explosion sounds. And that, do you remember where it was posted? It was on Twitter, and he actually had people from all over the planet that were reporting these at various times. And they were all kind of reporting the same type of thing that we've been experiencing. They're really subsonic kind of booms. They're the really big booms. Not the little sizzly firecracker kind. And you were tying it into the sinkholes that are appearing even in Russia, those sinkholes that are appearing around the world, that perhaps these are the tunnels that are collapsing, creating those sinkholes? Yes. Well, I had been collecting articles about sinkholes all over the world. There's a lot of them in Israel right now. They're showing up everywhere, and uh, they just open up. And I had talked to you, Cynthia, about years ago, experiencing this gigantic one that happened in San Francisco at Seacliff. This is probably 20 years ago. And it swallowed these houses, and they came up with this kind of flimsy, flamsy reason why it happened. It wasn't entirely logical, and I kind of went, oh, scratched my head and then let it go. And now I realized it may have been exactly this, because I found out since that the uh, tunnel system under the Presidio in San Francisco is absolutely enormous. And this is exactly where the sinkhole occurred. And it swallowed five houses instantaneously. And these weren't, these weren't normal sized houses. These, these are what would be considered mansions in San Francisco. It was a really nice neighborhood. So this may all be connected. So I'm going to kind of keep following up on that. Very I, I want to just add here that there's a message from our sound engineer, Keith, who says, I heard them back in the 70s myself. I think they are sonic booms created by the supersonic transport. Here's the thing, Keith. These sounds were never happening. They just started happening a couple months ago. This this has not been the norm. This is something new. It wasn't happening before. Now it's happening, and it's happening almost every night. Yeah, it does happen almost every night, and it will go for weeks at a time and then stop, and then it will start up again. And it's very, it's very odd pattern, and it's uh, definitely a boom, a big boom. And the thing is, is geographically, it has a really large area it's covering. So this is very interesting. Well, Keith just said they just started the new SSTs just a few months ago. So that would be the supersonic transport. Well, would they all happen at 10 o'clock at night? Yeah, why not during the day? Why only at night? Anyway. It depends on when the planes are flying and what kind of atmosphere, what kind of conditions are going on. Because this used to happen, like I said, back in the 70s when uh, they were flying the uh, supersonic transports until they had that accident where the one uh, hit the debris on the runway, caught fire and crashed, and then they stopped the flying. And now they have started them back up, and I forget which airline it is. It's now flying them. They're they're now flying the new transport, supersonic transports, and they kind of look the same as the old ones. 
But we don't know what kind of echoes and ricochets and things like that we get off the top, the upper atmosphere that uh, could make these things echo or do whatever they're doing where you're hearing multiple of them. But I used to hear them, and I lived in Chillum, Maryland, which is not too far away from Dallas Airport. But if they're flying at high altitude and supersonic speeds, those could be sonic booms and they're doing something that we have not yet discovered and that's why they're occurring again well but here's the other piece of the puzzle keith the airport from where i am is west and south west and south these sounds are coming from the northwest and they're not coming at all times of the day they're coming like from a specific direction and there's no airport that direction. Absolutely true. And the other thing is, is that they come in and they're like, it's sometimes it's almost like a finale at a fireworks show. I yeah, mean, maybe like yeah. boom, 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 boom. lots boom, of boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Well, well see, yeah. that's one of the things we don't we don't know what kind of uh, atmospheric effects and whether they are now using the new pulse ramjet engines, which actually create these weird looking they call donut contrails because there's a ring with a contrail going through the center of them so we don't know what kind of uh propulsion system they're using but if they're pulsing the way they are they could be creating the sonic booms along with the the speed of the plane Uh, but we don't know yet it's just curious that all of a sudden they're now flying the sst again and skyquakes they used to call them are happening so i'm i'm thinking it's related but they're not going to say it's related but why wouldn't it be coming from the direction of the airport? Because they probably they didn't allow them to go supersonic until they were far enough away from the airports to actually uh, go supersonic. Uh, exactly I think that. Timothy was going to say something. I was just going to say you don't want to be flying at that sort of speed around final approach to an airport or takeoff. So that only happens at high altitude usually if it is a supersonic flying object. Okay, yeah. and but why it's always coming from, like, see, the, the place where it seems to come from is the place where I thought it was the fireworks because it's out on this marina where they do do fireworks every year. And I'm used to hearing fireworks coming from that direction. It's not like I'm hearing this boom coming from any other direction, only that direction. Well, it could be indoor fireworks or it could be uh, perhaps some seismic perhaps some sort of seismic experiment somebody's doing to perhaps ease the tension in, in the uh, tectonic plates. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows it's a it mystery. <laughs> it's definitely a mystery. Yep, it sure is. So w- what is your I, source? My source is my ears. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so we're coming up on the break. You're listening to the other side of the news and our guest, which I will introduce after the break, is Lewis Herms. I'm really excited to bring him on, and the show is called Swistica. And co-hosting are Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Kinthea. Okay. Here's the big word, law. It stands for land, air, water. When you are born and you come into this world, you're born on the land, not the water. 
That's what the bar operates in. That's their jurisdiction, the jurisdiction of the sea. Okay? Law stands for land common law. A stands for air, acoustical law, canon law. And W stands for water, which is admiralty maritime law. That's what lawyers are trained in, which is contract law. It's the difference between legal and lawful is legal applies to that which is incorporated, right? Legal persons, which are fictions that are created when we're born. That's what the birth certificate represents people, okay? It's very disturbing when you understand that truth. For the other side of the news, my name's Christopher James, and I just wanted to give my full support to these wonderful people who are bringing incredible light forward at this time and moment in our world. The truth has never been more important, and I was incredibly blessed to be with them and share with them enormous truths on our very first interview, and I'm looking forward to coming back and seeing our world finally coming together under one hood, under one understanding that there's truly only one of us, and that there's only love that matters in this world, and this one truth is going to save our world, and I'm so blessed to be able to bring this forward and share this light with my fellow man and woman from this show this evening. So support them all you can moving forward. They're an incredible bunch of people, and Godspeed. And welcome back to the other side of the news. Our guest tonight is Lewis Herms, and the show is called Swistica. Co-hosting are Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Kinthea. So I am really delighted to bring Lewis back. He was a previous guest on our show called Watch the Water. Uh, he is a documentary activist who has produced several videos exposing the hidden agenda of the global elite. He previously appeared on The Other Side of the News when he broke the story on deuterium in our water supply in a film named Watch the Water, Trump, Q, and Deuterium. You'll find a link to that show in his links. Lewis has a vast experience in the last few years within the Patriot community uncovering the cabal campaign. His focus is to take difficult hidden concepts and to break them down to help the uninitiated and the unexposed populace cross the bridge of understanding towards freedom and sovereignty. Welcome to the show, Lewis. Welcome, welcome. So good to have you back. It is great to be here with all of you. <laughs> I am just so jazzed. I had a conversation with you the other night and you blew me away and I said, we have to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You guys are a lot of fun and some amazing truthers. You have a wonderful platform here too. So I feel really blessed and humbled to be here. You might like to share, I think your life is going at light speed right now. When I was speaking with you, you, you said you had so many projects lined up. You want to give us a little tease? Yeah, it's just, you know what, there's, there's an, a lot of incredible things going on. And I was lucky enough to interview somebody in the Patriot community that is pretty spectacular, actually. And um, we ended up doing a, a four-hour interview. His name is Juan Osaban, and it was it was more of a conversation, as much as you can have a conversation with Juan, because he is such a wealth of knowledge. He just goes and goes and goes. 
So I've decided, and I talked to him about this, is cutting that that interview up because it was so juicy into maybe six, seven, possibly even eight different films. It gives it some entertainment value, but it it helps the monotony of any conversation and breaks it down with some images, so on and so forth. So it looks as of right now, uh, we'll be going over uh, a large section of it will be the Bible. There will be another movie that possibly may just be about David, which I'd learned about David and Goliath, some interesting information. 100% will go over 13 bloodlines and where it started from. He and I were on the same page on a lot of this, but then I learned a lot. We'll go over something which is very relevant to what I know you talk about, and it's the sheriffs have the power within inside the counties. They're actually, I believe, and I believe he does too, are more powerful than any entity in the United States when it comes into uh, lawfare. Or, or, so few or, people know that. Right, and it's it's spectacular. I believe they're actually they're actually helping us take back our sovereignty right now, but that's a whole other discussion. We're going to go into Trump because I believe, as it looks like Juan does, that this whole Trump not being elected was part of a plan, whether you believe in the plan or a plan, because the cabal really needed to publicly incriminate themselves. And I think it's pretty spectacular what's going on in the background. We both believe that the military has some control right now with Trump. So that's a movie. And then, of course, human and child trafficking with the movie that he's involved with, with Jim Cavazel of uh, the sound of freedom. So I have a, I have a special uh, breakdown of that also. So it's, it's a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work, but I'm blessed to have the chance to have such an extraordinary interview and such new stuff that I haven't heard him tell anybody else. So that was fun also. Exciting times. It's really fun to be on the forefront and to be bringing some news that will liberate a lot of people including myself. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's great. And I think I've, I've released, I believe I just talked to you less than a month ago and I've already released two or three new movies since then. I'm just curious, you know, and Annette, you're welcome to jump in. We have never covered Switzerland and we've never covered the bloodline. So this is new territory for the host, except for maybe Annette and for our audience. And I'm, so curious to learn about it. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to share. What happened is about probably nine, maybe maybe a year ago, I just started to see a lot of weird connections with what's going on to Switzerland, and a kind of a bell rang, and I said, "Wow, isn't that interesting that they 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 position themselves?" And this is where we need to be clear. They position themselves as probably the most neutral country on planet Earth. And if you listen to the globalists, they also are in lockstep with Switzerland being one of, if not the most neutral country on planet Earth. And I've started to look and say, well, you know what? I know how the hidden hand works, and I, I, I know the cabal, the way they – invert and divert so i said you know what i bet you it's exactly opposite so i just started to dig and dig and talk about a rabbit hole um 
it is really, 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 really a rabbit hole. And I'll probably, in order to explain it, I might even jump around a little bit, but I'll get back to where we need to be. So I, 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 I've had this discussion with Annette a little bit too. So I know we're all on the same page here, but it's really interesting information for your listeners mm-hmm. by far. So Annette in, in her opening mentioned Fauci and I'm curious if you were aware of that or what? Yeah. I, in fact, that was extraordinary. I was aware of a lot of what we talked about, but not that Fauci had the direct connection. Um, I have heard a little bit about the bloodline of Fauci, but I haven't tracked it back. So that was fun for me to hear, to be honest with you. Um, thank you, Anita. Feel free to go into more of that. Cause that was really, I loved it. Well, thank you. Uh, the, well, you know, actually, I, I, I'm posting in the uh, in the items uh, the interview that I got a lot of that from. I can't take credit for it. I actually got it from someone else directly, uh, and that's a it's a very interesting. It's one hour. It's just a uh, an interview between two people that have done an awful lot of research, and they really and I wish I could remember their names right now, but I can't. But uh, they they really deserve the uh, credit there. Fauci's mother being in a, an abyss, which is in and of itself, that name is pretty interesting. And given that they have this uh, family crest, which I'll also post, that has babies, I kid you not, on that, that's a pretty odd crest to want to pass down to everyone in your family to design it that way. And it also has a lot to do, I think, with the symbols we see for medical, which all have the entwined serpent, which is the same one we see in the uh, abyss crest. So all of those things are connected. And when I started to get into this, all these other names popped up that I think we all are becoming familiar with, like the uh, Klaus Schwab and how those families connect to the Fauci abyss line. And these people have, they've tracked these uh, names back to the 15th century. So these guys have done a very thorough job. Anyway, yeah, they have moved from Italy to Pakistan to Switzerland, the family, and they have slaughtered and taken advantage of the people in each of these places. And basically that's been their family thing forever. And so I think now with him being the number one peddler of vaccines in, in the world, with his sidekick there, escapes from hell, when you look at the family history, it's not surprising. This has actually been set up for a long time. Yeah, it's and it's it's interesting that you would say Fauci and Italy and Switzerland all in the same sentence because there's a huge mafia connection most people don't know between Italy and Switzerland also. And the attraction originally was because of the so-called silent banking system. So they can hide their money with no problem. That's mm-hmm. what their original attraction was. But they started to create mob-type activity with inside of Switzerland. But I, I would say – now, let's, let, let me back up. Switzerland, the people are amazing. 99% are just phenomenal. They're great people. They don't even have a clue what's going on in their own country. So this is not an indictment on the citizens of Switzerland whatsoever. But there is an elite cabal that is has run from behind and even in front of the scenes, Switzerland, for uh, centuries. 
not just decades, but centuries. And it's interesting because they have the squeakiest clean image. In fact, they're considered the most neutral country on planet Earth. What do you do when you think about Switzerland? They, they say they have the best chocolate in the world, some of the best cheese in the world, by far the best watches in the world, the best views, the best seasons in the world. The air quality is phenomenal. I mean, I can go on and on. A lot of them say they're the, they're the smartest and most educated themselves. They say that. Uh, longest lifespans, which is true. I think they're like the fourth longest lifespan, 82 plus years or something like that. What's interesting, though, is if we can backtrack to my video about deuterium, watch the water. Well, they also have great glacial runoffs. And as, as I spoke about in that video, that's one place where you can get a depleted deuterium is from glacial runoffs there and your lifespan is going to be a, a lot longer. So I think there may not be a coincidence there. I also think they know exactly what's going on and how to manipulate that. They consider themselves a very progressive country and publicly, and this is very interesting because this goes to the hidden hand. They voted several times to ban Freemasonry. And the reason why I found that extraordinarily important is because one of the basis of their country is Freemasonry. And I know as as you've said also, they're they're the one I think the maybe biggest producer of gold, but I'm glad you mentioned they don't have mines. Um, one of the biggest bomb producers in the whole world, but yet they're the most neutral country in the whole world. Well most people don't understand that this country has funded both sides of wars since World War One, and that tells you everything you need to know about Switzerland and what their so-called neutrality is. Well, um, in, in all fairness, that they haven't, but the the elites that right, in, well, in, you know. right, the Rothschilds mainly yeah. have. But the, the interesting, when I say they, I'm I'm talking about the banking system, right, in Switzerland which people are under the belief system that they're run by the Swiss. Well, they're not really run by the Swiss. They're run by part of the 13 bloodline families, but uh, they're actually, the Italians are also, and they're also in a whole big section of it, running the Swiss banks. Swiss have their tentacles everywhere. I believe if you look at the Vatican, it's the Swiss guard that is protecting the Vatican. Right. So, it's a very, very corrupt system, but they're positioned as neutrality. In fact, the, the uh, great Geneva Convention and the Protocols of War started in Geneva, Switzerland. In fact, if I remember, it was, I believe, 1849, something like that was the original Geneva Convention. And who was, who was the first one on there? Switzerland. In 1949, 1950, when they kind of restarted up and they wrote the three protocols, who was the first one there at the table? It was Switzerland. So it's you know well this weekend Geneva Putin Biden regime meeting there actually wasn't even in the same space, which is interesting. That CGI thing. But anyway, uh, with all that going on, that was in the same place as the first two the the uh, Revolutionary War and the, uh, I think it was the French Revolution were 
both plotted in, out of that same castle in Geneva, I believe, where this went on this week. I was like, well, hmm, that makes me think, huh? Well, exactly right. Mm-hmm. And we in the United States are not in a civil war currently. We're in a revolutionary war. Mm-hmm. And we should be thankful to the White Hats and Trump that we're in a revolutionary war because the Black Hats had every intention to draw us into a civil war. And this is part of their protocols in, in regards to the New World Order. So it's very interesting to me that everything is a communication nowadays. And I'm, I know I've heard this. I love your show, and you, you guys have mentioned this on your shows before. Something going on somewhere is some type of communication of what's really going on in life today. So it's not an accident that that's where they met, in my opinion. It's not an accident in the least bit. No, it's it's all disclosure or telling. They have to give notice. They have to allow people to consent. So they say, well, we we told you so. We didn't tell you we were telling you so, but we told you so, and you you didn't say anything, so you consented, so you're okay with it. Yeah, great. Actually, you know, it was interesting. I was I had this uh, today earlier, and this was from uh, just a one sentence quote from James Warburg of uh, of son of Paul Warburg, and it was from February 17, 1950, and it was a testimony to the United States Senate on Foreign Relations Committee. Okay, and he says we shall have world government, whether or not you like it, by conquest or consent. So there you go. And that's exactly what they're trying to force. And that was their plan. It's been their plan. And what we're seeing now, this is my opinion. I'm pretty well researched on it. Uh, my opinion is, is that what we're seeing now is the playing out of this and it not quite going to plan because they had a problem in 2016 and that set their whole world plan off, came in and was not going along with the plan. He Posed the plan and created all kinds of problems for them. And I think what we're seeing now, and you can agree or disagree, I'm happy for either one, but uh, I think what we're seeing now is that they've gone into hyper overdrive. They are trying really hard to make up for lost time and get this job done. In my opinion, it's already a done deal. And what we're seeing is they're trying to create as much havoc, destruction as they can on the way out. I think they probably already know what's going on. So I want to jump in here because we're talking about they, they, they. And I want to know, is that they, the 13 bloodlines? And what's the deal with the 13 bloodlines? Are this the same they that we're talking about? I think it is. They always, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's hard to track the 13 bloodlines because we know them as certain names, but those names have changed over history. I mean, Ultimately, the, I, I believe the 13 bloodlines actually are one bloodline, and this is where I diverge from some other people, and I think it's the one bloodline of Cain. And there's splinters off of that. I would say there's about 13 splinters, and then there's sub-splinters off of that that are actually trackable. I believe it all goes back to Cain. Yes, in today's, in modern days, uh, I'm definitely talking about the 13 bloodlines because that's who's running the world. That's who's running the banks. They run the war machines in most part, definitely the education system, the medical system, as I've heard both of you talk about often. So yes, I would say the 13 bloodlines, the cabal, it's the globalists, 
it's a Freemasonry satanic realm for them. And and when I say Satan, I, I just want to clarify, nobody listening has to believe in Satan. It doesn't matter. But they, as in the 13 bloodlines and these globalists, they absolutely believe in Satan, spells, worship, numerology. This is what they believe in, 100%. And some people say their agenda was supposed to be finalized in 2015. I'm not quite sure of that. I, I have a lot of my reading says it was 2030, and Annette kind of tagged onto this that they've accelerated what they're doing. I, I kind of liken it to if you put a tiger in a corner, they're going to fight for their life like they've never been. Now, imagine their babies are behind them. So the babies for the cabal would be the control mechanisms that they have because they really don't care about anything except themselves. A lot of people say they're all about money. I say that's that's been done for, I believe they've had their money for 40 or 50 years or more. I don't think it's about money at all anymore. I think they have as much money as they forever. Definitely about control and population control and we're slaves. But we are a hamburger to them. And I know that sounds pretty callous, but in no in no means to the 13 families do they consider us equal. Mm-hmm. And it's not a social inequality. I believe it's a humanity inequality where they actually look at us that we are maybe cattle, something definitely less than they are. It's extraordinary. So, so you mentioned Cain, and I know you did a documentary about the Bible. So is this like, do you go into it in that film? Is this where Satanism is starting? Yeah, so the documentary that I'm doing about the Bible. Now, I'm not a Bible scholar at all, So, but I've had a couple of interviews with people that are just much more well-versed than I am, and it's about parts of the Bible. When I'm referencing Cain, though, I do go into that in regards to the 13 bloodlines. Because there is an interesting – now, there's a debate on this, and it's an active debate. Most people believe Cain was born, then Abel was born. But there's some significant information in the Bible and some other other words, and I wouldn't say scripture, but some other books that actually talk about Satan impregnated Cain's mom and – she was actually had she had twins and if i remember I, there's a word for it it's like heteropaternal superfecundation or something like that <laughs> and what it means is that you have twins from two different fathers so and there's actually some bible verses that may step into this and it it talks about the way the way they were conceived, and she had Cain. I believe a certain angel was probably the fallen angel they were talking about was Cain, and then a man was the angel of the Lord, if I remember. But it's very interesting when you're reading about it, and that was Abel. I believe they called it Abel in those writings. So the idea is that she was pregnant with Cain and Abel at the same time. And some people believe that because the way the Bible is about allegories and parables, that maybe Cain destroyed Abel when they were younger or possibly in the womb. 
But if you just go through Bible references and you know that Cain killed Abel, that was one of the first satanic killings, obviously. It was the first satanic killing. Mm. And it goes on from there and there and there. And then if you track the bloodlines, one of the reasons why the Bible lists all these, for example, so-and-so had had this son and this son and this son, and, and they, they track it because that's one of the original trackings. And then the Canaanites, have, which is from Cain, have tracked those bloodlines to the nth degree that you cannot possibly imagine. And that's where the 13 bloodlines stemmed from. So I believe it is one bloodline that stemmed in the 13, and those 13, there's actually offshoots of those, by the way, they track it diligently. They literally believe that they're from the bloodline of Satan himself, which is their personal God. Oh, that's heavy. It's really dark. Actually, there there is uh, in the the genealogy that's in the Bible is very clear about that. And I could I do have somewhere in my luminous collection a video explaining all that. So I'll try to connect that to my page, my items page, so that people can go to that. That's true. <laughs> I mean, at least at least that's what we're told. And I think that. Uh, we aren't, yeah, they, they actually refer to us in names like in Hebrew that mean cattle and sheep. Uh, they do not genetically believe we are of the same material. We are literally the children of lesser of God in their view. So that's why they don't have any issues with doing the horrible, heinous things, including what they're doing right now. It's not a big thing. And uh, I think also it's so hard to track it because they do change their names, even people that we know that are alive right now from these bloodlines, they all have different surnames because it's part of the way that they camouflage and cover how they're all connected and how they're all working together. So this becomes a complex issue. And then there's the puppets that aren't, they're handy. They're, they're useful idiots. So it's like, they say it's like a paying the cannibals to eat you last. Those are the, those are the politicians, the, the, the puppets. You remember that we referenced one uh, video a few shows back where this, Aristocrat told us, doctor, it's time to begin culling the herd. The mm-hmm. culling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they really believe all that. That's that's absolutely, I mean, they they don't see that that's an issue at all. Well, no, all of us. I'm sorry, dear. We are at that break time. Oh, hello. Oh, yes. <laughs> A lively conversation. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. Our guest tonight is Lewis Hearns. Our show is called Swistica. Co-hosting Annette Driscoll, Timothy Saunders, and myself, Kinsia. My approach to it has been, of course, from this academic scientific side to try to show that from that point of view that even in the in the depths of the of the data that they're presenting, they don't have a case. They've misrepresented things. They've distorted things in the public representations. And, of course, I'm not alone in having come to that conclusion. Number one, there are an increased number of deaths for 2020. But number two, these are not caused by COVID-19. 
They're caused by the biological and psychological effects of the lockdowns themselves. Because when mm. you lock people down, when you wreck an economy, you get an increase in heart disease and cancers. You get an increase in what is called deaths of despair. Oh, you get suicides. You get drug addiction going up and overdoses, killing people. And all of these things put together, by my estimate in my research paper, shows that as many as 600,000 people died in 2020 from just these things, deaths by despair and the effects of the lockdowns and the forced masking. This is Dr. James DeMeo, and I'm speaking to you from the other side of the news, being interviewed by three intelligent people. And I found it to be a very enlightening and helpful and wonderful experience. Your program, I must say, compliments you. You're doing a great job in assisting to get around these barriers of censorship and erasure that the mainstream media is doing. Uh, so it's very important, and I congratulate you for the work you're doing. Welcome back. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. Uh, my name is Timothy Saunders, co-hosting with Annette Driscoll and Kintia. Tonight's show is entitled Swistica, and our special guest is Lewis Herms. Lewis, I've been listening very intently to what you guys have been talking about, and uh, I'd like to take a slightly, yeah, momentarily high altitude view for a quickly to define a few terms before I think we go deeper and to examine the subject matter. So starting off, you mentioned previously white hats and black hats. So for you, how would you define those terms? That's a great, great question. I'm going to define the black hats first. So the black hats are those, I let's call them the elites, that intend to control the world, uh, reduce, reduce population, and in essence are part of the new world order. Now, of course, they have their own minions, and those would be black hats also, but that's what I'm referencing when I say black hats. The white hats, in, in essence, would be the contrary to that. Those are the ones that believe in sovereignty, are fighting for good. Some people may say they're aligned with aliens who knows i'm not going into that definitely not tonight but the white hats are the group of people 
that are trying to get us sovereign again. And I, a lot of people think sovereignty only applies to the United States, and it really doesn't. I think one of our inalienable rights, in my opinion, is sovereignty. And I believe that's what the White Hats are fighting for, individual sovereignty. Okay, excellent. So moving towards the uh, the 13 bloodlines that we started to discuss with, with obviously talking about sort of biblical origins. But I think these bloodlines or certainly symbols for them can be seen through time. One of the aspects I found quite interesting was that uh, if you take the Swiss flag for a start, it's actually not so different from the shape of a swastika in any case, but mm-hmm. it is in fact square. And there are a number of other sort of square flags as well in an international flag terminology. Does that show a different origin? Well, it's interesting. And I love your questions because you always get me thinking. I honestly don't know the answer to that, and I'll never pretend or profess to know something I don't. Now, I have some theories behind that. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for a history lesson. I'm looking to for conversations, so, and that's right. why I enjoy having you back. I think it's extraordinary. To me, it used to turn my stomach, and now I'm I'm almost amazed by it. Almost everything runs back to some type of satanic symbolism. Mm-hmm. So if you put a cube, which we know is a satanic symbol, especially when they the way they turn it on its edge to show that three-dimensional properties, then if you need to put that in a two-dimensional way, you would make it a square. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. So I would say there there might even be a tie or an origin and a symbolism, if you'd say, of it being a cube, and therefore they make they make it a square. And if you if you notice, other than you have the serpent, every almost every symbolism that you see from what I would call the cabal would be a a pyramid of sorts with maybe an all and I in it, or a cube or a square. Of course, if they're not using the number 666. So, mm-hmm. and I believe, I don't know, obviously, but I'm wondering if the reason why it's so simplistic is because it's like their calling card. And they, they really want their, the people in the know to be able to recognize it immediately. Well, that, that's exactly it. I think it's hidden in plain sight is a, a phrase we often hear. But it's so true that people walk through life on a conveyor belt, not even aware of what they're seeing around them. And yet they're being influenced by these, these symbols. And when we see a huge Swiss flag on the tail fin of an aircraft, or I, I would say that the marketing that Switzerland has, has used over the years is very powerful. Because when, extraordinary. when you see a Swiss product, a Swiss, I don't know, anything from makeup to a, a watch to a... Mm-hmm an aircraft or something, you always think, oh, that's Swiss, that's superior, that ticks perfectly, it's perfect skincare, it's perfectly pure water, it's, it's always that sort of perfect essence. And look, I don't think that's an accident. I mean, everybody wants to have superior products, and everybody's capable of making marketing on one degree or another. But the Swiss seems to be, you know, the epitome of what is out there. That's the way it's marketed. 
Well, it's interesting you said that. It's because what, it, what is hitting me when you're saying that is where do we hear superior, superior the most? Was it not in World War II, the superior race? Yeah, the master race. Master race. The Aryan mm. race, right? It's swastika, Switzerland, swastika. Mm. I, there's so many connections. And there, by the way, there's a heavy German connection. Most people don't know this, that the Swiss are one of the most multilingual countries in the world. And I believe their second language is actually German before English, if I'm if I'm correct. So I, from my perspective, I did. I, I, again, I'm not a specialist on this, but I would say that from my experience with Switzerland, I've lived in France and Holland. I've tri- traveled quite a few times through Switzerland. Is I would not even say they have a first language. I'd say that they have multiple languages in parallel. I've skied. as actually a very nice uh, ski resort there, one of my favorites. I've skied in three countries without checking passports and so on. If you follow one trail around one particular mountain, then you can ski through three different, let's say, cultures, where in one little ski hut, people are speaking in French, another one's speaking in German, another one's speaking in Italian. So in that corner of Switzerland, it's seamless. You know, so though if we look at, obviously, Italy to the south, France to the, the west, Germany to the north, Austria, of course. So it really is a melting pot of of cultures and languages, in my opinion. Yeah, I would I would completely agree. I would completely agree. It's uh, it's very interesting to say the least. And everything people say about them and say about themselves is is actually true. It's, it's an extraordinary, beautiful country with just an in, incredible, incredible pocket. I mean, I even just now it just hit me. You're right. The Swiss Army knife even is incredible. So it's really amazing. I believe it's the hidden hand from the Freemasonry. So they show you how extraordinary this country is. And I have not even gotten into the evil side of let's even let's take CERN, for example. I mean, uh, yes, you know, if it, a lot of people don't know CERN is is I believe the name is European Organization for Nuclear Research or something like that. CERN was first. How would we say this? Okay, the the first news that came out about CERN had nothing to do with it being a hadron collider. It had everything to do. It was it 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 may it may be one of the longest tunnels on Earth. That that's the first reports about what CERN was. And then it found out, okay, it's a hadron collider, and okay, they're they're going to try to replicate the Big Bang, and it was very benign the way the way they talked about it. So if but if you even look at the CERN logo <laughs> in fact you should probably post this it's 666 but more more obvious than the Google 666 it is 666 yeah it's, it just absolutely blows me in. so what people should do at that moment if we were actually open to these discussions and not so brainwashed and fogged over immediately we should say okay what's going on there i agree there's an awful lot going on over there and also the other thing is that i believe cern is not swiss in okay it's in switzerland of course but i believe the investment has been made by all sorts of countries around the world that all collaborate there so 
Those they all they all collaborate. And isn't that interesting? Last time I was on your show, we talked about something called ITER, which mm-hmm. I know I'm sure you remember, which is a machine that's creating nuclear fusion, and one of the elements they're using is deuterium. That is a massive collaboration again. So you have that massive collaboration on nuclear and and this with the supposedly trying to replicate the Big Bang. And it's incredible what, what they're really doing there. If you look at the ceremonies that opened CERN, are you familiar with that? I'm not familiar with that one, but I was, was going to jump to the ceremony for the opening of the Gotthard Tunnel, which is fairly close by. There you go. So CERN had, CERN had something similar to that. Um, but I'm glad you say that because where I was going to jump is from there to the Goddard Tunnel, which it, if you want to go into that, that blew me away. That was all about Baphomet. Absolutely. I mean, I, I watched that. I think it was uh, RT covered that one quite extensively. I mean, it was several hours long, that, that ceremony. And I have to say my jaw was ajar for most of that video. It was really eye-opening. This is what, 2016, I think it was. Although the tunnel was started in 1872, the actual final final phase, this huge extension or modernization of the tunnel was completed in 2016. I mean, and it, all the, the leaders came from the local governments, different countries, and it was a very big affair. It was hours and hours of celebration of Baphomet. It was unbelievable. Exactly what it was. The reason why I brought that up, or I'm glad you did, but the reason why I was going to bring that up is because I believe it's September of 2021, CERN is kind of having a re-grand opening type ceremony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really con- I'm really wondering what type of ceremony that would be. I mean, they actually have a project. The acronym is S A T A N D and it <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's it, it's called and I actually wrote this one down cuz I didn't want to forget it. It's called System to Analyze Tremendous Amounts of Nuclear Data. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm sure that's what it means, yeah. Yeah, I'm really. sure, of course, right? And they have to tell us, though. They absolutely – that's part of the whole deal is they have to disclose. So we are making conscious decisions on our own to do what we do to support their evil. And we're just so fogged over, which I believe this is done intentionally with every marketing message. I mean, not all the marketing messages, but – you know, 15,000, 20,000 marketing messages a day out there, the communication, the 4G and the 5G, you can go there, our foods, what's in, what's in our waters, everything. It's all about suppressing our cognitive ability. I personally believe the purpose of that is not to dumb us down. Yes, it's to make us sick and, and stay on as many pharmaceuticals as possible. I think it's more nefarious than even that. I think it is so we don't resonate and we cannot see their their satanic agenda. I believe this is exactly why they attack us from every angle, and it's because they do not want us to recognize what they're doing. 
because then the jig is up. Well, I think the jig is up. It's just a it question now. that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's most definitely up. It was, so it's a smokescreen, an intentional smokescreen, is what you're saying, that keeps people, some people, uh, grazing in the fields, I guess, without being too, too negative. Hey, one of the thoughts that I wanted to share before we lose sight of a point we're just talking about is the Gotthard Tunnel opening celebration. Now, it was incredibly symbolic. I don't know if the listeners can remember it. What we'll do is we'll post a copy of the, I think it was an RT coverage. But it was basically a, it's a very long tunnel that basically goes through a mountain, to the center of a mountain. They were tunneling for years and years and years, obviously not as intensely since 1872. I think the last phase took something like 15, 20 years. I need to check. So it was a huge project, huge engineering projects, and literally they bored a tunnel through the center of a mountain, which is, while very possible in today's technology, the availability of today's technology, at the same time, it's still a hell of a feat. Now, first of all, you know, one could ask, what did they find under there? People come on to our show before and said that if you dig deep enough, you find... Uh, giants underneath veins of gold in, in, in man-side mountains. You find all sorts of unusual you know, evidence of previous civilizations and so on. People have discussed and disclosed these ideas before. I have no idea what they found under this mountain. Let's just speculate. They could have found something of interest. Apart from the, the blatant celebration of Baphomet and the you know blatant showmanship of you know multiple figures copulating on stage and or you know, actually pretty damn actually pretty damn close to it there was a huge screen which had a massive scarab you know life-size full-size people-size scarab beetles ascending descending at different times there was an eye projected on it and you sort of it made a i don't know how many video screens but it was just like some sort of cinematic experience where you appeared to go through a portal into another time, into another dimension. It, it was, it's pretty fucked up. Let me just be direct. <laughs> it, it did make my jaw stay open for most of the, most of the video coverage. One of the things that came like a, an aha moment for me recently is there was also a scene in this, this theatrical performance you know, there were, what, I don't know, 100 players, 100 dancers, or 100, let's say, 100 people involved, that sort of size of production. Um, one of the scenes is the people were white, and they were covered in, like, a white dust. And at the time, in 2016, I thought that this was perhaps, um, you know, some sort of symbolism to show how they had bored through the center of the mountain. This was the dust from mining. What came to light more recently and this is my aha moment, is that when we start digging into some of the bloodlines of Switzerland, and especially that really irritating and guy that just needs to disappear, Anthony Fauci, when you start looking into his bloodline, you see that he's a member of the Abyss family. And if you start looking at the history of the Abyss family, then you see his family comes from a very powerful line of industrialists and bankers in Switzerland 
And one of the very interesting points is that they made their money, I, I believe originally, from mining talc. Now, talc is obviously a white powder. And I, I was just a little bit surprised that suddenly to join those two dots together, could this theatrical performance be acting out some of the histories of some of these big players from these bloodlines? And could these white figures you know, covered in dust be the talc miners from this village that was destroyed because it was not properly shored up that was mentioned earlier? What do you think about that? Well, I think that's an extraordinary connection you made there, actually. Yeah, I think it actually makes a lot of sense. What we do know about these these <laughs> freakazoids, I guess you would call them, is they love nothing better than celebrating themselves. So it's not a far stretch to believe that they would absolutely be celebrating their histories. It also may be just another way to – and a lot of times there's double messages. So I, I can buy into your message a lot. That absolutely makes sense. At the same time, what if it's a way just to make them look more quote-unquote Aryan? There is an absolute Aryan agenda, and if you look at the 13 bloodlines, that alone can explain it. I believe that this cabal has used extraordinary resources to suppress, great example, Africa. And this is a theory of mine, is I believe the African people resonate at a higher level normally, or some people would say oscillate at mm -hmm. a higher level, so they have better instincts than most people on this planet. Well, okay, so if you take that premise and you assume that might be true, they would definitely be a target. What better way to target them than make sure the lands are barren, disease is prevalent, Nobody has food and water, so all they care about is their next meal and their next drink and shelter. So we don't have time to pay attention of what these nut jobs are doing with this hierarchy. Well, I think it was even Melinda Gates pointed out in one of her interviews, how is it possible that Coca-Cola can bring their soft drinks here and yet we cannot bring vaccines? I don't believe in this vaccine. I don't support the vaccine agenda at all. But the point is that Coke is found in most distant corners of the planet. So that does mean uh, production, delivery, you know, import, export, and that seems to get there okay. And that's filthy material, which is filled with all sorts of crap and sugar that is basically poison, in my opinion, but branded very nicely. Yeah, it's 100% poison. Everybody just needs to realize it, none of this is an accident. And when I started researching this well, years and years ago, I really got angry. And I'm, I'm no longer angry. I'm just engaged at doing everything I can to expose these. Now, the reality is I'm a very, very, very small cog in this wheel. And I really believe that we and the sovereign people of this world are taking our planet back. Everything indicates that. So these are exciting times. But I've had some conversations with people that are directly working or indirectly at the border, and there's still a lot 
going on there that's very, very concerning when it comes to child trafficking. So I don't want to divert. I just want to mention that we haven't quite won this war yet, but I do believe we're on the way. So it's probably why I'm a little bit more calm than I would have been even a year or two ago. Well, Lewis, let's not be restricted. If we take a few steps further, we mentioned the Fauci being a member of the Abyss family, and we mentioned the talc mine. Now, talc, like deuterium in the water concepts, I say concepts, obviously we talked about that at length in a previous show, talc is found in a lot of pharmaceutical drugs as well. And apparently it has no real use apart from being some form of filler. And as you know, the talc, I think, was taken off the shelves at a certain point because it was actually seen to be a potential carcinogen in the use of, I think it was Johnson & Johnson for baby talc. They lost a huge $2.1 billion lawsuit because it was proven to be a carcinogen. Yeah, so and women what, what, would use it and they would have ovarian cysts because of it, if I remember properly. So what the hell is it doing in many, many pharmaceuticals and who would be supplying that talc? You know, you have, you have to ask yourself, is yeah, the person in sitting on top of the CDC's throne advising and suggesting and unfortunately influencing a lot of people is also has family ties to the mine. I, I don't know if they're direct anymore, but certainly there is a, a connection between a large fact, a connection between Fauci, Abyss and talc mining. So that's another question I think it's worth putting on the table. I agree. Well, guys, we're coming up to a break. We have uh, a few seconds to go. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. Tonight's show is called Swistica, and we're joined by Lewis Herms. So we'll come back after the break. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Kaufman, natural healing consultant. Welcome to The Other Side of the News, where they're open to hearing the truth and take it seriously. The first thing you got to look at is the methods, like nothing else matters because that's where they describe the experiment. So then you can decide if what you can conclude from the experiment, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's really, really important because, you know, they make false claims and people don't understand how to use statistics and all these things could be misleading. What I noticed that they do now is they put the method section at the very end. And in some papers, it's in a separate document that's like an addendum. So in other words, they just present the the results and conclusions and an introduction section, and nobody looks at the methods. But that's the most important thing, because if you don't know that, you don't actually know what they did. Because, you know, there's a lot of art to experimental design. And, uh, you know, some people can be very clever about it. Some can be very elegant about it. But there's also, like, uh, many ways that things could be fudged. And there's books on this, right? Like one of Bill Gates' favorite books, How to Lie with Statistics. Then, you know, you have the John Ioannidis article, which is one of the most highly cited papers, where he says more than half of all published research is false. Right. So mm. but but how many scientists, when they go to read a paper, say there's a 50 percent chance that this article is false. So I better read it really carefully. Right. They don't do that. 
all this clinical research, it's really just, it's really marketing. It, that, that's what it is. It's not actual research. With this the vaccine trials, you know, it, it's just, they basically designed it exactly perfectly to show what they could say. You know, that bogus 95% effectiveness, uh, that's the, the relative risk reduction of having a test and it's not even the overall risk reduction would be like 0.4%, but they describe it that way. It's a statistical trick where they could say 95%. And they also defined the outcome and then they had to wait seven days after the vaccine, but all the people who got sick within that seven days didn't count. You know, all kinds of uh, tricks. They're, they're, they're experts at this. They know, <laughs> yeah. they know what they're doing, and, and it's really hard to even figure out what they're doing. Annette, I think you're muted. Good evening, and welcome back to the other side of the news. Our show tonight is Swistica, and our special guest is Lewis Aram. And just before break, we kind of started to go down this road, and I wanted to go down there anyway, so here we go. Uh, We were talking about the Fauci family, talcum powder, baby powder, um, and we were talking about their their real claim to fame is they're very, very good at killing people. That's basically what the Abyss family is really good at. They all have their special talents. And... Uh, we also mentioned early on in the show the family crest, which you can see in the show items. Uh, the family crest has serpents um, that are eating babies. And so I wanted to go down that road about this issue with what we're seeing with the bloodlines and the human sacrifice. And I know this is dark, but I think it's important that people you know, start to hear this because it will come out more and more. So, Lewis, do you have any comment on that? Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that because when we were talking about Cain earlier, so um, the devil posed as a serpent, right? The serpent has no arms and no legs, but is known to be able to influence uh, vocally, so via via the mouth of influence and so that bloodline if we're right is a serpent bloodline and if you look on the who and in a, a lot of foundations and of course you showed the crest which is amazing the abyss crest there's a serpent on it so the the question anybody should ask and this is why i got back to for example the logo of cern is 666 immediately when you see a serpent the question should be why but we're not there yet some people are obviously but as a whole society is not there yet and those are the easy questions to ask why in the hell would you put a serpent on there well we know why (laughs) because that's part of the bloodline or that is the bloodline in, in my opinion (laughs) Uh, that's true that that it's actually that serpent if you start if you become aware of it it's everywhere now some people would say they would argue the point that that looks like the dna a lot of people would argue that that looks like the dna the kundalini things like that what would you say to someone as they that's why it's there the snake is there uh do you have any other 
things that we can point to that bring people around to that idea? Well, it's it's interesting. I, everything is a conversation, and like I, I'm not one for anecdotes or bullet points or anything like that because I like to hear always hear where a person's really coming from. So if if somebody said said to me it was something other than than a serpent, and I'd say, well, why do you believe that? And if they say, well, that's what I've been told, how did you learn that? So on and so forth. So I like to dig when it goes into that. For me, the the serpent is is obvious because if you if you track it down, that everything evil that comes back to the serpent. I mean, and I I don't want to offend any any Catholics in the audience, but if you just go to the Vatican and look at the speaking hall, it's uh it's in the shape of a certain serpent. There's serpents that are, would, are right behind the Pope where the Pope would be speaking. The eyes of the serpent are inside of the building. If you look from a top down, you can actually see the serpent with the tongue coming out from the same building and the walkway to the building. None of this is accidents. So the, historically, there's a few things that are so obviously evil, and I haven't seen many serpents that are considered good in in throughout history um i can also point to the obelisks if you look at obelisks i don't know many that are good they all have a really negative rich history to them so i I don't think the serpent is it's really hard for somebody to dispute and tell me that the the serpent is on something for a good reason it just makes no sense to me whatsoever it's poison in essence so why would you put poison on anything medical well, because they're telling you what they're doing. The pharmaceutical companies are, are not on this planet to heal. When Rockefeller got involved, he made sure they were to cause disease, and they they create the cause, and they create the solution, which is not really a solution, because then they need more medicines for that solution. It's, it's all about hurting us. It's all about money. It's all about killing us. It's, it's so obvious. Um, and I really do think a lot of people are waking up. I, I'm amazed at the conversations I have nowadays. A year ago, I, I would have been shunned in some places if I just mentioned some things. And now people are open to it. It's pretty cool. Louis, just to go back into this Vatican connection, I mean, the public address hall is inside of a snake's head. There's no accident exactly. about that, as you say. Exactly. And what is inside the snake's head is, is the tongue where the poison, the venom is. That's so right. I think that, that's a very interesting point, that the information that comes out of venomous. Is, venomous. is venomous. Yeah. Yep. So sometimes it stuns, sometimes it kills. It, it certainly uh, manipulates people. So I think that that's a very interesting point. And who would have thought the Vatican would want to manipulate people in a negative way? I mean, that, that's not really what people are led to believe. But also there are other inversions as well. For example, again, the Swiss flag, we didn't quite get there before. It's a square flag, red background, white cross. Okay, so what's the inversion of that? That's the red cross. That's right. The red cross is a very rich tapestry of history as well, where all sorts of funding and awards are seen on the top. Lots of uh, charitable, you know, big time people are offering funding to this, this organization. And yet on the ground, we're hearing a very different story about uh, all sorts of abuse and mm-hmm. possible trafficking, child trafficking, child trafficking yep. which again comes back to the Fauci uh, abyss 
um, family crest, Anessa, just, I think you were going to just spell out just now that the child being eaten by a snake, I mean, that doesn't seem a very positive thing to put on anybody's family crest unless there's a reason for it. Um, there's, there's also another point on the crest as well, which is there's like a scales, uh, weigh, weigh scales. Um, and that directly reminds me of the weighing of the heart ceremony from the ancient Egyptian um, papyrus, where you have uh, the, the heart of the, the person who has just passed is weighed against uh, a feather. And if it's heavy, in other words, if, if it has uh, led a negative uh, life without sort of redeeming any negative actions, then it will not go to the next stage in a positive way. So I think that's also interesting symbology, which I think also brings us back to the sort of Masonic origins, potential Masonic origins of Switzerland as well. Well, it uh, does. And, it, and it, you're right. It, it's all about symbology because they have to disclose. And I think the disclosure is for two reasons. I mean, part of the the doctrine, the satanic doctrine is you must tell, you must say what you're doing uh, because you need people to, I guess you would say in this day and age, opt in. And if they know, they opt in. Now, it can be a completely manipulated message. It doesn't matter. If they got you to opt in, well, then their, their so-called evil conscious is cleared. That's one. I think the other reason for symbolism is for recruitment and for so they can – other people know they're like, oh, you're on that team. You're on the same team as me. So I think it's, there's no accident in all this, and it's so basic. It's like you're saying. It's not too many right now. What do we have? Serpents, squares, cubes, pyramids, eyes, <laughs> you know, and 666, and 33. So there's not, there's not that many symbols for anybody have to recognize to say, ooh, that's my team or that's a team I want to be on or that's their disclosure. It's well, it, it's, 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 it's very really sick. And it's also mixed up with things like the Super Bowl, for example, the circular eye video yep. screen at the uh, the Gotthard Tunnel CBS opening. Oh yeah, CBS. Right. But, but, but also if you, if you look at the, the stage at the last Super Bowl half that's time, right. It was like, again, both of these are like interdimensional portals, projecting 100%. images. 100%. Well, if you look at, uh, at stadiums from a bird's eye view, uh, same thing, including the way they lay out the parking lots and the entrances and all of that. And take a look at some of those stadiums. It's amazing. Yeah. It's they have been planning this for hundreds and hundreds of years. So our naivety is still pretty strong. I mean, let's okay. So let me let me, and I'm, this is not to pump my, but I do want to mention this one because this is really applies here. So I just released a few weeks ago, um, a, just a short five minute film called uh, "The Red Pill Will Shall Inherit the Earth," and what that really is, it's talking about the way the word "meek" has been manipulated. Now, what's really cool is that's from Matthew 5, 5. And when I rendered it and posted it, it just, by no happenstance, it turned out to be five minutes and 55 seconds long. So I said, okay, I'm on track here. And what that was, 
which is very interesting, is again, I'm not a Bible scholar. I've, I've never completely dove into the Bible, so I am not the guy to talk to if you want to get really intimate about it. But there's some things that really bug me. Is when I hear the word the meek, shall, the blessed meek, if I remember, the blessed meek shall inherit the earth. It always struck me as interesting because if you look at the definition of meek, it pretty much seems passive, weak, so on and so forth. And I would say, why would the passive and the weak be the ones that would inherit the earth? Never made sense to me. So I already knew that a lot of the Bible was manipulated and were missing books of the Bible. And some of the Roman Catholic Church got involved uh, in order to smash paganism and so on and so forth. They changed things. So I knew all that. But what I discovered on this one, which is really interesting, is it wasn't the this the Matthew five five that was manipulated. It was the word meek in our modern day dictionaries that was manipulated. Because if you go back to uh, the Turks and and so on and so forth, meek actually would be more like somebody. Uh, uh, Strong, I mean, silent, but carries carries a big stick. Um, somebody that's willing to fight for the downtrodden. A lot, a lot like Jesus. Very strong personality, can take the take the barbs and arrows. Not weak at all. And it's interesting because uh, Jesus called himself meek, and Moses was called meek. I don't think you can travel forty years through the wilderness and really be meek, according to the modern definition of meek. So that when I went down to the deeper definitions well they've manipulated everything so we if we knew that meek meant silent or or patient and strong and willing to fight for those that are weaker than us maybe we would have been fighting from the beginning those those that are christians because they would have said that's what meek means this is how deep the manipulation is so that five minute video really exposed this but it ties into all this Freemasonry stuff because it's all about diversion, inversion, diversion, inversion, and diversion. But they, these, now, I do not admire them, but I will tell you that these psychos are fucking brilliant. They are, but they have to be left brain brilliant because I really don't think they can access the right brain. And I think they really struggle with. No matter how clean their pineal gland is, I don't think their intuition is very well. I don't think they have a a, a creative bone in their body because everything they do is just repeat, 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 repeat. But it all ties back to Freemasonry, all of it. Mm-hmm. We, we I, talked about. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. you go ahead, please. Well, I was just going to say we had we have talked about that lack of creativity and and it being the the Achilles heel because. Actually, once you recognize the symbols, once you recognize their game plan, you can predict exactly what their next one's going to be because it's identical. They just keep doing the same old, same old. And uh, they don't have any creativity at all. And uh, yeah, I don't think they have any intuition. And, and, uh, and it's maybe because they don't have much of a, they don't have a soul. I mean, I'm going to go that far. Uh, oh, I'll go that far. They've sold their souls out if they had <laughs> yeah, any. I, they have. I don't know what happened. Literally, and they're, they're damn proud of it, too. So they are, yeah, creativity is part of having, you know, that's just part of, of being a human with a soul. So uh, that's one of the gifts that we do have. But to, on the other side, what we don't have 
I say we, a lot of people do not have, is the awareness and the understanding of what's going on. For example, you mentioned just now how the stadiums, when you see them from an aerial view, and the car parks and the spacing is sort of made out to look like an eye or like a, you know, a focal point for, um, yeah, like I was suggesting that the interdimensional portal with the Gotthard Tunnel or the Super Bowl stage, um, it, it, it's or perhaps even the um, the Vatican audience hall, they they all are a way of gathering a large number of people into a certain place to make them complicit to make them a member, but on a very, very, very surface level. So they all feel part of something. So they all you know, agree on some level to be part of it without understanding exactly what's the source. And I think that that's something which we talked about in last week's show as well, when it's a slight tangential direction, but the, the National Health Service in the UK, when the government's suggested, manipulated, you know, advised, brainwashed, whatever you like to sell, the public of the United Kingdom to go out into the streets and give a round of applause to the National Health Service for dealing with this COVID crisis, alleged COVID crisis. Um, it, it basically means that the people who are paying for the National Health Service, uh, the taxpayers, are going in, out into the street, giving a round of applause, and therefore, how could they ever complain about the service or how could they ever say, well, I'm not complicit because I didn't agree? Well, actually, you did because you went out on the street and you gave a round of applause yeah. and you are yeah. 100% well, well, complicit. Are, are, are they complicit by commission or omission? Probably neither. They're complicit by compliance is what you're saying. Would you agree? I would, I would agree, but I think that it comes back to awareness. So Did we lose you? I, I'm here. I don't know if you can hear me or not. So... I'll go into something while we're waiting for you to get back. It's interesting that you would you would talk about the um, the the compliance and the nursing and so on and so forth. I just had a really good friend of almost 20 years. Um, she's kind of like a she's not really an investigator, but she 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 acts like one. She just confirmed that a uh, person in the hospital said they do get paid. $39,000 per COVID case. She just confirmed it. So her, somebody she knows and really well, just confirmed that they do get $39,000 per COVID case. This is in California. And the person, and, and they weren't busy at all, let at all during even the, the so-called deepest and dark, darkest times of COVID where everybody was, you know, dying in the streets. They um, would have people call literally because they're watching the news saying, oh, my God, thank you so much. Your service is amazing. And they're literally cards and on their phones with nothing to do. And the people are on the phone are like, we'll bring you food. Her manager even said, yes, yes, tell her there's 40 people here. And she goes, I'm not going to do that. There's, there's nothing going on here, right? But then she's told a story. Um, somebody else where she was offered, get this, $5,000 to agree. Her mother passed away, and all they wanted to do is get her to agree that it was a COVID and sign off on it. They would give her $5,000. She said, I'm not going to do that because it's not only unethical. She goes, but by the way, I'm a nurse. 
and I know what's going on. Mm. So that completely confirms and validates what you were saying last week as well, Aneta. I think it was a different figure, but same same principle. Well, it's different from state to state, but yeah, uh, exactly. way back way back, uh, in, you know, about 15 months ago, somewhere in there, I did put up a uh, uh, invoice thing that they had from the from one of the uh, associations, hospital associations. But yes, they're huge amounts of money. And it's not just that. They're being paid at Walgreens extra bonuses to give the jab and blah, 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 blah. And by the way, speaking of, of you know, agreement or, uh, you know, agreeing to these things, my understanding is, is not only are you consenting when you agree to have the experimental lethal injection uh, and you're giving your consent, but when my understanding is from the satanic perspective when you break the skin and there's blood involved it's a blood pack and that when you have a needle break the skin that's exactly what you're agreeing to so i've heard that from many people i've heard that also so um that's scary what what are we agreeing to i mean i'm not agreeing to it but i mean what are people agreeing to they don't even know we don't know so that's pretty horrific I, I think it's uh, also an interesting and valid point that going back to Switzerland, that the Swiss Geneva Convention, which outlines um, sort of rules during warfare about which, which parties um, can be neutral, there's a lot more to it as well. But that's also defined, obviously, as the Geneva Convention. Right. Now, that's pretty interesting considering the country which was neutral and marketed the fact that it was neutral and that it did not get involved in the war. <laughs> but what comes out is the fact that it was neutral and therefore was able to play both sides of the war, um, profit from both sides of the war. Right. Would you like to talk about that at all, Lewis? Sure. I, I think what you're referencing is, uh, I believe it was done in 1949, it's Protocols 1 through 3. And what they've done is they've laid out, uh, it's almost like the rules of war, what, what can and can't be, can and can't be done. Um, I think it's, it's nefarious on a couple, couple reasons. Number one, you, you nailed it, though, Timothy. If they're supposed to be so, so, so neutral, why would they be involved in the protocols of war at all? That doesn't even make sense. And in my belief system, the money... When I say all roads leave, go through Switzerland, it's not just the money, but in this case, with the Rothschilds and other, there wasn't just the Rothschilds. There was many entities that were funding both sides of the wars, but the money would run through Switzerland. So, and of course, the Swiss knew this. The bankers knew this. The bankers are part of the the uh, bloodlines, thirteen bloodlines. Therefore, they knew it. So they're not only complicit; they were part of this. Um, I find it very interesting, but the the Geneva Convention and the neutrality of, of Switzerland, guys, it's just a cover-up. That, that's really what it is. And again, I love the Swiss people, but I mean, they the Freemasonry aspect of the Swiss is very, very deep. You'll notice that people disappear to Switzerland often. Not good, not good people, not just good people disappear to there. Um, there's even 
if I re, if I recall, I believe there was the order of the solar temple or something of that, which was an actual CIA operation. It's a terrorist network um, in Switzerland. Um, Grace Kelly, if you remember Grace, uh, was initiated into that sex cult, and I believe she died shortly after that. And then there's a connection between that cult and Aleister Crowley. You know, Aleister Crowley used to, what, sacrifice 150 boys every single year. So it, it's pretty deep and dark, but it all, all roads lead back to Switzerland, yes, but all roads lead back to Freemasonry. 33 and above. I guess not only Freemasonry, but also the precursors to Freemasonry. And we were talking about the square flags earlier. That's right. Uh, we have uh, the Knights of Malta, we have the Templars, we have the Jesuits, we have uh, the Hospitallers. They all, they all go through Switzerland. And that's just uh, naming half of them, I guess. Yeah, and, and several orders, so-called orders. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to jump in for a second here. So we've been talking about these bloodlines. How many centuries back ha- are, are we able to track them? I mean, you mentioned the Bible. Yeah, so if if you go back to Cain, I mean, I, I don't know how much farther we can go back go back than that. Um, and and I got to say, it's tough because even modern days they've they've changed their names. Uh, look at Hanks. And Bill Gates are part of the part of the third, and, and like as you just mentioned, Fauci are part of the third bloodlines. But you don't hear the names Hanks and Gates and Fauci because they've changed their names. As has um, uh, what's his name from Facebook Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah. Same uh, thing. Clintons. Um, That's exactly right. You no, know, uh, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> They're all right. in there together. <laughs> They're all on it. So, and they've all they've all changed their names. So they can track it a lot easier than we can, because they know. I'm so I'm so curious. You know, if someone was to do a blood analysis, would it show reptilian blood? Well, isn't that interesting? Because that's what they're really thinking that these these DNA and these genealogy tracking is really all about is they're trying to really deepen their bloodlines and find out who is who. Therefore, they can eliminate who they don't need and propel who they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yes, Timothy, the, they, they is the bad guys, the cabal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot of that's come out recently. I mean, we've, we've talked about it before, but you know, it's now coming out more and more. Like, why uh, PCR? And they aren't tests for viruses. They're DNA uh, tracking, okay, <laughs> that's, that's what that is, and so, you know, why, why would you take a nose swab, you know, on and on and on with it, but, uh, yeah, that, that's about tracking and, and uh, catalog, cataloging who's, who's what and who's related to whom, and uh, I've always thought, well, when this all settles out, and I'm a big believer that it's going to settle out, I'd love to see all the DNA on all these, these people and see how they're all connected and related, I mean, the bad guys, I would like to know, because would like I would like to have peace about that, but I mean that's just a wish of mine. <laughs> Wasn't it the say. National Geographic that was running this service for a while with nice marketing and photographs, but they were offering a service where you could pay so much and send a, a swab 
and you get tracked back to you know this stage in history evolution you were you know african or asian or mexican or british or whatever it is isn't it did you ever try that do you have Me? any friends that tried that yes oh not 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 myself i i have plenty of people that i've known and they're it, yeah it's, it's amazing what you find in your bloodline i personally haven't i already know that i'm a total nut and I'm, I'm more curious to know if the National Geographic with another square symbol is part of the whole cabal. Oh, oh interesting. Yes. I hadn't thought of that that way. Hmm. Well, you're probably right. I mean, I think that what they did here with this, uh, uh, you know, this testing that they, you know, they got a huge and massive database from this. I mean, they have all your information, right? If you're trying to get in or out of the country, they know who you are. They have your, they have all your information right there, and they just connect it right up to the, the DNA test. Yeah, it's 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 amazing if you look back in history what we've done quite innocently, and then now things are very clearly on the table. Um, the scene is set. Uh, information doesn't disappear. It's all stored in these huge data centers, and uh, as you say. The advantage we have is creativity, and the disadvantage they have is they don't have much of that. So uh, I believe it's not over till it's over, and I think uh, I think there are some serious cracks in all of this uh, regime. And actually, I feel good about the future, despite uh, despite some of the, the scenarios that are being played out. Yeah, I feel fantastic about the future. I think they really dug themselves a hole with a weapon that they created, and that would be that would be the the media and the internet. And here's here's what I mean by this is what that what they were using that for. I mean, if you go all the way back to DARPA and Face Facebook, CIA, and so on and so forth, these were propaganda machines. All of them were. All of the media is propaganda machines. That were used against us to put us in our place. Well, what's interesting though is without those, okay. So we all agree that they have no ingenuity. They really have no ingenuity, and they have to repeat themselves. We wouldn't know that as fast as we know it and ongoing without media today. So the media really, really works to our advantage now because. They can't repeat themselves without us knowing it because we've already seen it on TV. We've seen it in a movie. We've seen it on social media. Without those propaganda tools, they could repeat it because not everybody's reading the same book. Does that make sense? So, Lewis, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And guess what? We're at the end of the show. Okie <laughs> And you are in the media, and we thank you for all you're doing, Timothy. Remember, you were born with power, and you wake up each day with power. It's entirely up to you how you choose to retain or give it away. You've been listening to another live broadcast of The Other Side of the News. This 60-second edition is entitled Swistica and remains available to all listeners free of charge at www.theothersideofmidnight.com forward slash T-O-S-N. My name is Timothy Saunders, and together with co-host and producer Kintia, co-host and researcher Annette Driscoll offers special thanks to our guest Lewis Herms. We wish you a very good week and look forward to reconnecting with you on our next edition. Good night. <laughs>